0: Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Rock Virtual Engagements. My name is Alistair Davis, your host from Jabba. Today we have a Scotsman, another Scotsman on the show. His name is Chris Hurd. He is the founder and CEO of First Base. We'll talk a bit about that during the show. He's originally from Scotland. He went to university at the Robin Gordon University in Aberdeen. He speaks English, German, and Spanish. And he lives in New York. But now he's in Scotland because of the recent uh, virus that we are all experiencing. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I, um, as part of my research for interviewing you, I, like a good host, I did some quick Google searches and I said, oh, well, you know, what, is, what has Chris done and what has he written? And there's an article you published in Medium on january the 11th and it says the the title is why remote work is inevitable are you some kind of an oracle could you read into the future chris
1: chris are you there oh no, we of, i'm back <laughs> I got there's an there's an article on Medium and then I lost the rest of it.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll cut that audio out and we'll edit it. Uh you wrote an article on Medium on January the 11th. It said why remote work is inevitable and I asked you are you some kind of fortune teller?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think in in right respect that looks incredibly prescient and um, I think in, in some ways, I think that's that's true. We we obviously saw the future coming a lot quicker than most people, but yeah, we certainly never um, foresaw a global pandemic acting as the catalyst to accelerate remote work by more than a decade in, in less than a month or so.
0: Okay. So what, what were your forecasts before COVID-19? How did you see this kind of evolving?
1: Yeah, I think the... The thesis was definitely based on um, the world going increasingly remote, and there's probably numerous reasons for that. Access to talent being a one a huge one, cost efficiency being another, um, and more than anything else, I just I think that we saw that companies using this as an opportunity to to become more resilient. So, over the next ten years or so, um, I think we just saw that the, the number of people working remotely was going to explode from the. 20 million or so people operating today to somewhere around 40 or 50 million people by 2030. After COVID, it's going to be something like 36 million immediately. And then by 2030, it will be somewhere around 70 and 80 million people. So obviously, that's, that's been a massive change that we're the beneficiaries of.
0: So you must be the most popular kid in school right now.
1: Um, yeah, our wait list was something like 600 companies in the 1st of March. Um, it was 1,000 companies in the 1st of April. It's 1,500 companies today, which is something like 5.3 million aggregate employees spread across those companies. So yeah, we have went through a fairly rapid um, ascent in times in terms of the interest we're seeing externally from other people and what we're doing
0: okay so you say waitlist have you guys launched or you sort of in pre-launch phase at the moment And maybe you can also tell us a bit about what first base hq is
1: yeah we we're live with our first customer that's going to scale fairly efficiently to three to five thousand workers with them across the next 18 months or so um and what first base really is is a physical operating system for remote works and what that means is that we help companies both supply and manage all the physical equipment remote workers need to do great work at home. So desks, chairs, headsets, microphones, the hardware, and rather than the company having all the hassle of dealing with that, we take care of that as, as basically their physical system of record.
0: So you buy the desks, you buy the chairs, you buy the everything and you deliver it, you make sure it works, you connect the internet, you sort out the router, you, you, you do all of that?
1: We take care of everything for the company.
0: So you're kind of like an outsourced facilities in, in a way. Yeah, I
1: think that's, that's, that's one way I think people describe it. I think other people say like um, we work for remote workers in a lot of ways. Um, I think there are good ways of looking at it. We, we just try to take care of all the pain and hassle of making this transition for um, companies because actually getting a remote worker set up at home is a relatively complex, difficult and expensive thing to do.
0: Talk to me a little bit about that. Why is it so difficult?
1: Um, just in terms of managing the equipment. So the company's obviously got to purchase it all, then they've got to manage the deployment of it. Typically, it's going to arrive in multiple packages. Um, then problems happen remotely. Workers leave. It's difficult to collect it. And I think to for the most part, companies just don't want to to take care of this. I think they're set up to, to operate within offices. But as people start to become more distributed, it's just a really difficult thing for a company to manage alongside their core competency.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, property and, I mean, I was, I was reading your website and the articles you wrote, you know, physical office space, you know, is if, depending on where you work and live is premium. That's premium yep. price property. I think the property market is going to be in for a serious shock uh, when we all start getting back to work.
1: Yeah, I think um, we we obviously spend a lot of time speaking to companies across the entire spectrum, from some of the largest on the planet through to the earliest stage startups, including commercial office real estate brokers. And I think what's obvious speaking to those people is that the commercial office uh, real estate market's about to get massacred. It's going to get cut by somewhere between 50 and 60%, which means that companies, I think, have got comfort in remote working. They're going to let people operate from home two or three days a week, from the office two or three days a week. And that just means they don't need as much footprint to be able to operate as they have in the past.
0: Mm -hmm. And for you, did you have an epiphany one day? Did something happen to you for you to decide to launch First Base? Why, why did you go down this road? I, I see you studied architecture and you've worked for various various organizations, but did you just have a hunch that this would be an opportunity or did something happen to you in your professional life that sort of pushed you down this road?
1: Yeah, probably two things. So we founded a fintech business in March 2018, which, was, um, which we decided we were going to be remote immediately. We knew that we'd be more talented. We knew we'd be more cost efficient. And to be quite frank, I just never wanted to commute anymore. I wanted to spend more time with my family. My CTO was about to have his first child. He wanted to see him walk for the first time and laugh for the first time. We just made the decision to be remote when we founded that business. And as we became remote, we realized there were certain obstacles and challenges that we were facing. Um, Less so with the software side. I think there's great products there that enable remote work, more so with the culture, experience, and aspects of human connection. And for us that started on the level, the sort of foundation of that experience with the tools and equipment that you were using. Um, And we just wanted to solve that problem before the team started to scale up. Because personally, I'd experienced how expensive it was to get my team set up, how time consuming it was. And then the stuff never turned up and we lost three to five days productivity, which just really sucked. Um, And with my previous experience, I, I had literally put the same equipment we're putting in remote workers at homes, on oil rigs in the most remote places in the world so off the coast of africa floating production vessels um, all around the planet i'd manage that supply chain i'd managed remote teams that installed that so for us that was just an obvious and easy thing for us to create which we never really appreciated was something that other teams also needed because they were remote and we got back to building that fintech product we eventually came to the realization we were never going to make any money doing that (laughs) started speaking about the remote product and then basically heard the same feedback it's expensive it's time consuming this that basically the same experience we had and we thought oh well maybe we should be building this product because we've got better product market fit we've got better founder market fit and yeah pivoted sometime around august early september last year and been off of the races since then
0: yeah i bet you have (laughs) well done Right time,
1: yeah, I mean, right. At good in retrospect. But timing, I think, in many ways, is luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right time, right place. Uh, you know, it's uh, you'll take it. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you also wrote in in your article the distraction factory. Is that your <laughs> is that your term, or is that something something you borrowed from somebody?
1: No, that is that is all me. I'm going to take full credit for that. So yeah, distraction factory, adult kids clubs, and uh, yeah, I guess that's that's the thesis that's been developed through through several years having spent time in the architectural space. Where, as you study architects, you you understand how historical precedent changes, and I think in many ways the offices went from the best place to get work done to the worst place because of yeah. open plan nonsense where it's just super difficult to concentrate so yeah that's that's basically the phrase that we we coined to describe that and i think it's generally true whether you work in a co-working space or an open plan office within your own company
0: Hmm. and do you have any i mean i would agree (laughs) i work remotely and i work on my own and you know i put my headset on and some meditative music and you know, I can get quite a bit done. Obviously now I've got my three and a half year old son who barges in and says he wants a, he wants a volcano or something Then I have to make the volcano <laughs> or, or not. But you know, generally working on my own remotely has been a, a great productivity uh, saving mechanism. And for me, I guess this is something that you believe in as well. Like doing this virtual work has added a significant level of quality to my life you know it's freed up time i can spend more time with my young son who's three and a half i don't have to travel so much and yep. uh you know it, it also opens up new markets uh, out there which which is which is really cool yeah in terms of your customer base do you have any you know at the moment data is king and data is gold, the new gold. What kind of metrics have you seen from your installed base, from your customer base in terms of uh, savings, productivity? Have you you got any feedback? Do you measure any of those metrics?
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the cost efficiency saving, remote work is literally 10 times cheaper than provisioning someone with an office. And the implication for companies is that if they've got a thousand workers and they redistribute those workers remotely, they're going to save somewhere between $16 and $40 million, $16 and $40 million a year in commercial real estate costs, which is, which is obscene. And I, I think from that perspective, you start to consider the implications that companies that don't embrace remote work to become more resilient are just not going to be competitive in the next five to six years. Um, and I think anecdotally we get feedback that remote workers are far more productive. They get the isolation to do deep focused work that you never get in an office. Um, yeah. But not much, um, I think, hard fast evidence there. Yeah, I think we're still a little bit early.
0: Okay. Playing the devil's advocate here. What are the draw? What are the drawbacks? What are the negative sides of virtual work? What do people? Um, come in, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess the question is whether it's, it's, it's ones that are true or it's whether it's ones that people think are true that aren't really reality. So I think a lot of people's first reaction against remote work is the isolation and loneliness that can potentially happen if you're not working in an office. And yeah. I think my response to that is that, is it a good thing that your main social contact is happening in a workplace with people Picked by your boss. Like, should your closest social contact be predicated by your boss's hiring yeah. fault? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it leads to shallow, superficial relationships without without any depth, breadth, or meaning. Now that's obviously a massive generalization. Everyone's sure made friends in the office, but generally that's true, I think. Um and then there's I think okay, but what about the the, the lack of barriers between working at home and your life? So you you had the example earlier where your son comes in and that can be distracting. It's it's maybe harder to focus at home. And I, I think that's potentially true, but I don't think it's really true either. I think everyone's worked in an office where people come over, tap you on the shoulder, distract you from what you're doing, and then it takes you an hour to get back into your flow. So I think there's many perceived um detrimental impacts of remote work that actually as you start to work remotely you realize they aren't true you can go for coffee with your friends you get deeper relationships with your family you get more time to focus and really you can still meet up with your colleagues it's just on a less frequent basis Um, and i don't think that's a bad thing
0: Mm. and when you do the setup for your clients like i'll I'll ask a long question (laughs) i'll get there in the end (laughs) so if you're gonna do remote work, obviously you're gonna to have to do remote meetings, i.e. Zoom, MS Teams, there's now a new Google product, Meet, whatever, whatever your poison is. One of the factors to enable good meetings is having a decent webcam and sound. So a headset and lighting to m- make sure that the production capabilities of your virtual meeting are up to standard do you yep. do you guide customers along those lines do you tell them that look if you want to do this you, d- you need to have an X uh, spec machine or do customers say what they want or do you guide them
1: um both is probably the right answer so we obviously give them generalizations as to what the best practices are so to your point, a webcam that's that's high quality, a headset, a microphone, so they've got high fidelity and they can increase quality of communication and collaboration, the yeah. right type of furniture that's ergonomically correct, that's regulatory compliant, their workers aren't going to get injured at home. Um, and we'll work with them to obviously figure out that um, perfect setup for them. Um, but we're certainly going to recommend certain things because um, we we know – both from what we're we're doing with customers and in our previous experience, what um, the right tools and equipment are to be able to work well remotely.
0: Okay. And so your your cost model, in other words, how people pay for your service, is a month-to-month, you have a a fixed contract, 24-month, you amortize the costs of what they're buying?
1: Yeah, basically all those things. So, yeah, rather than them having the high upfront cost, we let them pay for this as a monthly subscription over that, Um, period of time which they stipulate so for some companies that might be 24 months others it might be 36 months and yeah we, we just let them be far more cost efficient and operationally efficient as well
0: so customers can rent to own and eventually over time they would have their own this is their kits their computers their desks everything
1: yeah that that's that's one model i think the preference for other companies is that this just Lasts in perpetuity, and they don't have to manage the back end of it. So we obviously manage the upgrade of that, and really create a system of record um, for their entire fleet. So we know when Jeff Smith needs his laptop upgraded. We know when Mary Smith needs a new chair, and all those things. And we're just going to manage that in the back end without the company having to do anything, and they just pay that monthly subscription for us to take care of it.
0: Okay, so it's it's just the physical stuff. You don't you don't manage the, the software
1: and um, we we take care of the installation of that for companies we'll we'll probably um see where that goes in the next eighteen months or so, but yeah, very much predicated on the physical workspace um
0: today and which countries are you operating in? Where can you enable your service across the u s
1: and the u k today
0: okay so you your plan is to move to as many countries as possible i guess as soon as soon as yeah. Okay. And what is your ideal client that you you look for, or typically?
1: Yeah, we're we're mostly focused on large um, enterprises, um, banks, credit ratings agencies, those types of businesses. Um, yeah, I think we've we've seen great interest from those areas because it's something they they really struggle with.
0: Okay. No, I mean, when I went to your website. To ask you to come on the show, your the the beauty about your product is it's quite, or well, your service is quite simple. It's 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 mm. it's like oh I get it, <laughs> I, I, I get it completely. Uh, you know I didn't have to read re you know many pages of your website or but you know like a lot of dot com startups or whatever. You just like so what do you do? <laughs> what do you <laughs> actually do? <laughs>
1: I think for us it's just it's it 's a simple product that that companies know once they begin to operate remotely that they they need it so I think that confluence of circumstance both with the tailwinds the general i think acceleration we 're seeing from covid that was just a continuation of a trend we were already seeing so i think from from that perspective, companies just immediately get it workers understand the things that they need to do great work and obviously that's driven a lot of interest towards us in a fairly short period of time.
0: Okay. Perfect. So what would you like to say in, in closing to you, your to people listening to this, if they'd like to reach out to your company or work with you guys or partner with you guys, what would you, what would you say as, a, as some closing comments?
1: Yeah, I think for us, it's just about how, how can we be helpful at this time. I think a lot of companies have been thrust into remote working who weren't necessarily prepared or um, didn't have the capacity that they should have had for being able to operate this way. So for us, a lot of what we're doing right now is just more an educational piece. How can we be helpful as companies have been, um, as I say, fallen into this? And I think longer term, how can we help them develop a great remote work strategy that lets their workers be safer more comfortable and productive at home than they would be in an office so that's that's basically where we are today i think we're beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel with respect to this first wave of of covid and i think as as we start to make it through that companies are going to really lean heavily into developing that capacity so if we can help with that um anyone feel free to drop me an email at Chris at firstbasehq.com or um, reach out to me on Twitter or, or register for a demo of our website, and we'll be happy, I think, to to help companies make that transition as we progress. And I think hopefully we don't see another wave of this, but I think the, the reality is we're probably going to, on the back end of the year as the weather starts to turn, and I think by that point, companies obviously won't have the same um, mitigation in terms of why they weren't prepared as much. So, yeah, here to be as helpful as we can be because I think a lot of companies – just aren't sure where they're going or, or what they need to be able to operate this way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty simple. As I said, your service is like dead easy to explain. And I think the, the benefits are, are clear for, for anybody out there. Thanks very much for coming on to the show, Chris. I wish you uh, success. <laughs> I don't think you need uh, a lot of well wishes at this stage because you guys will be flying, but uh, all the best for the future.
1: Yeah. Likewise, Alistair. appreciate your time.
0: Thanks, Chris. Cheers.